Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. In this week 5 of our 7 prophetic turnaround Sundays, my focus is on covenant keys to marital breakthrough. This morning I want us to celebrate the media team very specially. For eventually giving us different translations of the scriptures. <laughs> you know, I remember I was having a conversation with them. I said... By the way, um, let me let the cat out of the bag. We're going to be having my Passover for Breakthrough Festival 2024. You know, Reverend is going to be in the house live. You know. And I remember the last time he was here, that was last year, you know, um, while he was quoting the scriptures, for those of us that were there, you know, Reverend can quote one million scriptures in one service. You know, I remember he said, why don't you guys have something else apart from King James? I'll make sure the next time I come, you know, you already have it. So I told the guy, I said, we can't host Reverend until you guys are their house. You know, so they are in the spirit. Let's celebrate them once again. Thank you very much. God bless you. You know, I'm used to King James. I was raised with King James, you know. I'm trying to be more contemporary. All right. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. Let's have it in the new King James. Praise God. So maybe we'll come back to that. Because I didn't know you guys had it, so maybe I would have walked with that. All right, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. Uh, I will first read from the King James. <laughs> the Bible says, Be ye therefore not like unto them. It says, For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. The New King, New King James says, Therefore, do not be like them. Which them? It's talking about the Gentiles, the unbelieving. It says, For your father knows the things. That you have need of before you ask of him. Um, there are many things that we need that we don't even know that we need. And this morning I want us to pray a prayer before I go into the word. And the prayer is this. I want you to say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Open my eyes to see and to discern every area of my needed marital breakthrough. I want you to turn that into prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus. Open my eyes this morning. To see and to discern my needed area of marital breakthrough. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. There are many things that we need that we don't even know. Why? Because we have not come to that place of awareness. For many of us, the area where we need a marital breakthrough is, it defies. And sometimes we need our, the eyes of understanding to be enlightened. To see that specific area of our lives where things need to be turned around. And Father, we ask this morning that you open our eyes. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Alright, so in this seven prophetic turnaround Sundays, um, like I told us in the first week, um, there are seven things God has asked me to address. And um, does anybody remember what we spoke about the first week? What's the first thing we spoke about? Aha, today is the day of reckoning. Praise the Lord. So week one was what? turning hopeless situations around. Number two, second week was what? Overcoming stagnation. Week three was what? Breaking what? Alright, thought I had breaking limiting barriers. Breaking invisible barriers. Week four, which was last week, you should remember that one, is what? How to succeed early. 
how to succeed early in life. I'm still going to do that teaching again when the Spirit of God gives me the release. Probably as a series. Because it's not a teaching that should be rushed. There are many things I skipped in that message that I still need, I think, um, to talk about, right? So um, we're going to have another time, you know, to talk about that. And this week, right, the instruction is to focus on marital breakthroughs. Marital breakthroughs. I want you to understand that one of the most important decisions you will ever make and one of the most influential areas of your life will be your relationship, especially with a significant other. Many of us, we are where we are today because of the decisions uh, or the decision that a man and a woman, if I know many of us, every one of us, you are here today because your dad and your mom made the decision years ago to come together. Do you understand? Maybe outside marriage or in marriage, and that is why you are here. Because no other person has been a product of the indwelling of the spirit. There is only one Mary. There cannot be another one. Before her, there was none. After her, there is going to be, and there is not going to be another. And so, if you say nobody gave birth to you, we don't believe you. <laughs> you must be a freak of some sort. Every other person came right through the coming together of a man and a woman. And you see that decision, whether you like it or not, has influenced you up until now. And for many people, it's still influencing them. Because every living thing is a byproduct of their environment, most especially your family environment. And many of the influences we received when we were growing up, you see, they were subliminal influence, unconscious influence. You did not know you were being formed, you were being changed. But it was happening. That's why, you see, what you believe today about marriage, um, the feelings, the reaction, the response you will give to certain things is not yours. You got it from somewhere. Now, you can have, as it were, a personalized response to situations in marriage if you have gone through the process of consistently renewing your mind. But you and I need to understand that it will never happen by default. It will only happen by design. And for everything that God created, you see, there is a manual. I've often had people say things like, nobody can tell you how to do marriage. Because you are not married to your, to your partner. Yes, there are extreme and unique cases. But you see, for everything that God does, there is a principle that undergirds everything. For every manufacturer, there is a manual to whatever they create. So that you can get the best out of that which has been produced. The same thing you do. Do you think man will be more intelligent than God? Because God is the embodiment of all wisdom, of all intelligence. And so before man ever thought of the necessity of creating a manual for anything man creates, right? God already thought about it. And that's why you and I need to understand that if we don't do marriage in alignment with God's word, we can only desire it to work. It will never work. And you see, for us as believers, we may just assume that, oh, being a Christian, I'm doing marriage God's way. No. Because doing marriage the biblical way is a conscious decision. If I let me tell you this, when you are doing marriage God's way, you will go against the culture. You will go against the trends. You will go against everything. In fact, people will call you names. Because many of us have been so used to the way things have been done that oftentimes we don't question it. Is this the world's way or the world's way? Did you hear what I just said this morning? And you need to question it. You need to always question it. I remember the first time I was going to address, you know, that particular scripture. It was at the old facility. You know, at a point I was concerned like, I hope people won't think I'm about to say heresy. 
that scripture of the eater that does not provide for his own household. That the expression beautifully, you know, depicted this morning is worse than an infidel. Because that scripture, we've even had pastors preach it for years. And many women even quote it to their husband. That he that does not provide for his own household. It's okay and it's not even okay. It is necessary for a man to be responsible. But you see, if you are going to read the scripture, that's the wrong scripture to use. You can't take a scripture out of context and give it the meaning that you desire. Or else, you can even look for scriptures to justify assassination and murder. Do you know that? If you take any scripture out of context, you can make it say anything you want it to say. And that passage of scripture was referring to, you see, widows, just like the expressions already told us. Widows in the house. They had become so much burden on the church that it needed to be addressed that you guys, if you have a widow in your house that can no longer walk, there must be somebody in the family. It was not even referring to nuclear family. It was referring to extended family. That at least there must be an auntie, an uncle. There must be somebody somewhere that can take responsibility for that person until they're able to stand on their feet. And says, if you don't do that, you say, another scripture people use wrongly. And I think I need to address that today. It's not part of my notes. They submit one to another. So even the Bible says that the man should submit to the woman, the woman should submit to the man. No, that's not what he's saying. Please understand, when the Bible wants to speak to an issue, it always mentions who it is talking to. When the Bible says, wives, submit to your own husband, that was the beginning of addressing marriage. The verses before were not talk, was not talking about marriage, because remember, the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. So if you say submit to one another, then that's anarchy. So it means every one of us can be president of Nigeria. Since there is no identifiable head, of a nation. So you can also say if you are working in the bank, we are all CEOs of the bank. So open the vault. I want to take money. The day you try it, it's the last day you will see freedom. And because as you take the money, you just realize that the next door they open to you is a prison door. So we need to understand that God's word, you see, God, and the amazing thing is God's word is all simple. You only need somebody to confuse you for you to be confused. So simple. It's so simple. See, let me tell you this. One of the things I'm trusting God for that we'll do next year is 365, a 365 days challenge in the world. The goal is to ensure that every member of the Gateway Church reads the Bible. And we're going to put a structure around it because we're already doing it. But this time around, we're going to be more structured such that everyone will read the Bible from the 1st of January to the 31st of December. Because you see, if we do that, I will not need to be doing too much explanation about certain things. They shall I will reduce. Because you see, if you don't read God's word for yourself, anybody can just come up with a scripture and deceive you. That's why the Bible tells us that the hallmark of spiritual maturity is stability. The ability not to be swayed to and fro by any trending doctrine. When I see how much people are being swayed everywhere now with the, do- um, the grace doctrine. I know a lot of people are just embarrassed. Grace is a, sp- a spiritual doctrine, is a scriptural principle. But let me tell you this, the way it has been overemphasized now, there is something wrong with that. You can't overemphasize one aspect of the scripture at the detriment of others. Grace is not an encouragement to sin. In fact, grace will constrain you from sinning. That's why Apostle Paul said, shall we continue in sin and say grace you abound? He said, God forbid. I love the I think it's the Yoruba translation that says, Kiamari Aibodo. <laughs> it simply means it can never happen. It can never happen. Am I making sense this morning? 
So we're talking about the covenant keys to marital breakthrough is because the keys have been given. The keys have been given. So the question is, are we going to use the key? Imagine you are giving the key to this facility now. But you also have your own key, your house key. So you get to the door. Your house key may look like the key to the church. But as long as you keep using your own house key to try to open the door, with the auditorium door open. No. It looks like it, but it is not it. So the same way we need to understand that the covenant keys, right, for marital breakthroughs, you see, <laughs> it's the other keys, family keys, traditional keys, cultural keys may look like the covenant keys. But if it is not the covenant key, it will not unlock the marital bliss you desire. It won't. If there is so much struggle, it's either you don't know how to use the key or you are using the wrong key. You don't need to stand, stand too much in front of a door if you have the right key. And so in any area in marriage where there is consistent conflict and crisis, go and check it. It's because people are using the wrong keys. Am I making sense this morning? Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19. Can we read together one to go? And I will give you, what? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be what? Loosed in heaven. So it simply means what you do on earth determines what heaven endorses. Can we have it in the message translation please? I think the message translation expands it a little bit, a little bit more. It says, and that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and what? Every door. So whether it is a financial door, a marital door, a health door, he says you will have the keys to open it. He says no more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. A yes on earth is what? A yes in heaven. And a no on earth is what? So it simply means if you make up your mind, your marriage will work. Everyone will not say no. And if you also say your marriage will not work, everyone will not say yes. It's up to you. So when you have the keys, you can stand in front of a door and say, I'm not opening this door. In Jamaica, you will not come and lift your hand. You just realize, ah, what's happening? Who is moving my hand? No, 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 no. If you don't decide to use the key, you will stand in front of the door eternally, even though you have the keys. So it is also one thing to be given the keys. It's another thing to use the key. And so one of the things that happens when we come to church is every time we hear God's word, what is happening is we are being given the keys to open doors, certain doors in certain areas of our lives. My prayer for you this morning is that may you receive the key in Jesus' name. We need to understand this morning that marriage is not our idea. And so for you to work, it is not our ideas that will make it work. Marriage is not your parents' idea. And so if your parents give you counsel that is not in alignment with God's word, it's your marriage will not work. Also, please understand, marriage is not your pastor's idea. Huh? It is not your pastor's idea. No matter how a man of God is anointed, it is not his idea. So when what is also teaching is not in alignment with what is written in God's word, you better trash it. Better trash it. Because many people in the name of prophetic have not counseled people, they counseled their destiny. Say, I see, I see. 
He won many. This is the husband you brought from evil. You brought husband from evil. Really? So if you don't marry this person, you have missed your marital destiny. The husband we chose for you from heaven. Who chose the husband? Gabriel or Yuri? <laughs> Praise God. So please understand marriage is God's idea. As simple as that statement is, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. A lot of marriages have been destroyed by emotional and traditional counsel of well-meaning people. They meant well, but they didn't understand the word. They meant well. And people can, people can destroy you by meaning well. Do you know that? How many of us, a family member or parents, told you to read the course and you struggled all your life? In fact, some people are still struggling because of the course they read in school. They meant well. So if you become a medical doctor, people are always sick. The world is always full of sick people. You cannot be poor. Do you know how many poor doctors there are? See, if you become a professor, people will always go to school. AI will tell us that in the coming years. So if you go to school, if you become a lecturer, you always have money when you sell handouts. Chad GBT is giving the handouts now. Every marriage has an 100% chance of success if things are done God's way. And when we're talking about the marital breakthrough, we're we're talking about marital success. We're talking about marital advancement because a breakthrough in simple terms simply means an advancement. Progress. Advancement without restriction. And so we need to realize that every marriage has 100% chance of success. If things will be done God's way. And so what are the covenant keys? Number one. Is the key of desire. Somebody say the key of desire. Yeah. That's the first. You must desire a marital breakthrough if you are going to have one. The truth is many wish for it. But many don't desire it. Many like the idea. But really, they don't desire it. Because what a desire does is that a desire propels you to do what is needed to get what you desire. Psalms 37 and verse 4. The Bible says, delight also yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. So the question is, what do you desire? For those of us that are single and for everyone that is married, when you think about your marriage, what do you desire? What do you desire? Because God works with our desires. God works with our desires. That's why you see that God will never force anything on you. Even one, you see, do you know how much God wants everyone to be saved? Because hell was not made for man. And that's, some people too have gone to the extremes when it comes to that. That how can a loving God send men to hell? Nobody is going to hell. God is a loving. Some people said, you know, <laughs> I had this when I was growing up. That I'm going to so sin that God will be so angry that when He wants to throw me to hell like this, He will just throw me. I will just pass hell and arrive in heaven. <laughs> he said, when people are stupid, they come up with different ideas. <laughs> Stupidity is creative, very creative. 
Haven't you seen when people are drunk? How they are in the world of their own. I saw a guy like that. I think it was on Friday. I was going somewhere, you know. I packed. I was prizing something. I was like, "Where is this guy talking to?" As in, he, he was having a full-fledged conversation. I wish somebody recorded him and played it for him later in the evening. Because I did not believe he wasn't talking to someone. That conversation was ah, like, hey, amazing. So if people are say, ah, he's drunk, they already know him. He's drunk. That's how he's always drunk. I say, wow. Some people believe that God is so loving, that a loving God will not send men to hell. Yes, God is not sending men to hell, but man can decide to go to hell. And the thing is, God has created man with the ability and the capacity to decide his future. His eternity. That's why even though God wants all men to be saved, that's why he sent his son to die for us. If you so desire that I don't want the ways of God, God can't force himself on you. Because if he does that, that is no longer love. Because in true love, in a loving relationship, you have the ability to choose. You choose to love. That's why love is a choice. It's not a falling. See, I fell in love. You will stand up. Have you seen anybody that fell? Is falling a good thing? Somebody fell and they stayed there. So stand up and I say, I'm falling. <laughs> falling is never a good thing. You see, but there are so many narratives that has become mainstream that we have also adopted in church. You decide to be, you choose to be in love. You don't fall in love. No, you don't. And in the same way, when it comes to the subject of marital breakthrough and success, we need to understand that our desire plays a major role. Our desire. Do you desire? The truth is some people are just going to marry to tick another agenda on, the, on their list. 2023, I want to blow. I want to relocate. I want to marry. So I've done relocation. I've done blowing. Mm, who can I marry? Who can I marry? That girl, she's fine. She's okay. Baby, go marry me. <laughs> and I know, I want to believe there is no lady that belongs to the gateway church that will give you that kind of response. I want to believe so. I want to believe so. Praise the Lord. Those are some people, it's just another thing to check off their bucket list to marry. See, there's no such thing as prophetic marriage. Listen and listen very well. There is no such thing as what? Uh, nobody will say, you know, by prophetic declaration. This year is still my year. See, there are some things, anything that involves the decision of another human being, you need to be careful. Anything that involves the will of another human being, you know yourself, do you know that person? That's because it has been. You can even listen to one of my pastors said it in January at the crossover service that this year, 2023, as a single, I don't know if I said it, maybe I did. And you desire to be married. This year, you shall be married. And now come to and say, Pastor, you too, you said it. <laughs> now just meet someone today. And you choose the date. Say, Pastor, we are getting married in December. Of course, you know me, I won't join that kind of marriage. <laughs> I remember one, one day I received a call from Minister Ezekiel. He said, ah, Pastor, there's something I want to do. I said, What? He said, Someone just called me. The person has been to church once. And I know the church the person was going, you know. So, in that church, they gave them standards of what needed to be done before they can get married. So, the person they want to align with the standard. Someone that came to the gateway church the first time. 
And now called Minister Ezekiel and said she wants to come and do her wedding here. I said, I don't join strangers. And thank God, Mr. Ezekiel also already knew. He said, I said, what did you tell her? He said, I told her to go back to her church and follow what they said. I said, ah, I trust you. I don't join strangers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Uh, guess someone is wondering, so I just made that clear. You can, you, the Koyu courts, Ikeja, that's their own job. Just show up, they join you. They are, it's business for them. So you must desire it. Remember the name of Napoleon, Napoleon Hill said, the starting point of all achievements is desire. It's desire. That's the starting point. You will never achieve something you don't desire. I want you to ask your neighbor, say, do you desire marital success? Ask them, do you desire it? Because you see, many people, they have seen so many things that has influenced their desire. Say, this marriage itself, well, doesn't work, Jerry. Number two key is the key of clarity. The key of clarity. You must clarify your definition of a marital breakthrough or marital success as it were. Whatever term you feel most comfortable with. We're talking about the same thing. You must clarify what does marital breakthrough, what does it look like to you? What does it look like? What does it look like? Many have defined marital success by their parents' marriage, by an uncle's marriage, by an auntie's marriage. In fact, the worst one, by online celebrities' marriage. Some people, if I can just have a husband like this, many of those things you are saying is not true. It's content. You know why? It's contents. They created it. It's curated. They don't live like that every day. It's not real. But many people have, you know, they've developed desires. Created definitions based on what is not real. Thank God today, people are now beginning to do behind the scenes. The behind the scenes of content creation. So you see somebody wake up in the morning, a pretty lady with her hair in place, you know, the makeup, white. Um, everything is white, sparkling white. If we are using a white bedsheet and duvet, it will not always be that sparkling. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, everything just all clean, just wakes up. In fact, when they wake up, say, oh, even, even the yawning is, is, too, is a slow-mo. Oh. So you, you now marry. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh. you say, eh? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> what I ordered versus what I got. <laughs> you know, some people fight Taekwondo while sleeping. Male and female, it's not only men. You now, now go this way. You put the leg back. By the time you wake up, it's the hand on your face. <laughs> I say, oh God, this is not marital breakthrough. You have chosen. <laughs> so clarify what's your definition. That's why God asked Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 11. If you can have it on the screen, Jeremiah 1 and verse 11. God asked Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Can you go to the 12th verse, please? Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Look at what God calls his word, vision. What you are seeing. 
He says, I will perform it. If you don't see it, God has nothing to perform. Because what you are seeing will drive your behavior. Some people have already seen breakdown. I hear what I'm saying. So it also works in their decision. Because it's a breakdown is a vision. That see. That's why when blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus and cried, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was a blind man, but Jesus did not assume he wanted to see. See, everybody struggling in marriage don't want marital success. I've come to understand that as a professional counselor over the years. It's not everybody who is struggling in marriage that wants to have peace in marriage. In fact, there are people that if the home is too peaceful, there's a problem. Because they were used to chaos growing up. So, why is everything all quiet? Why is everything so quiet? So they must look for trouble. Hey, let's stir up some chaos. Then we know people are in the house. Everybody be in the house and nobody is shining. Nobody is saying, weary, oh, she's stupid. Everything is just so quiet. I'm telling you. So it's not everybody, it's not every blind man that wants to see. I think we need to see that scripture because the way you guys are looking at me. Luke chapter 18, verse 35 to 43. Luke chapter 18, verse 35 to 43. Luke chapter 18, Luke 18, Luke 18. Let's look into Luke. <laughs> Luke 18, 35 to 43. All right. And it came to pass, you guys will catch up, that as he was coming down to Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who went before Jesus rebuked him that he showed all this peace. And he cried so much the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What's the question? What do you want me to do for you? Because he may just want a change of clothes. Or he may want a new bowl for collecting his arms. You know, there are many people begging on the street of Lagos. I don't want to be free. Because it's it's easier to beg. So he's not everybody that wants to be free. So Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive what? My sight. Keep going, please. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received the sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Remember the man at the gate called Beautiful. The Bible says he was crippled from his mother's womb. You know when that guy saw Peter and John, he did not desire to be healed. The Bible says he desired to receive money from them. A crippled man. And you know these are the disciples of Jesus. They carry miracle working power. But what he wanted, those were one of the very few occasions that God went against the will of a man. Peter said, look on us. We can give you money, but we are not going to give you money. Silver and gold I have not, but what I have, I give unto you. Rise up and walk. I'm sure they even pulled him up. That guy wouldn't... Because it was easier to make money like that. It was easier. Because, you know, the moment you start working, nobody will give you money again. Because now you can go to the market yourself. So the question is, are you clear about what marital success is to you? Are you clear about it? And let me tell you, this clarity 
I can't remember, maybe it was at midweek recharge. I said this. I think it was at midweek recharge. That clarity comes through prayer. Clarity comes through what? Those that come for midweek recharge comes through what? Documentation. And number three is pictorial representations. That's how clarity comes. Clarity comes in the place of prayers. It comes also in the place of documentation. You have to write something down. Whatever you can document is not clear enough. That's why one of the things we're going to be doing a lot at Forecasting 2024 is you will be writing. Many people say, a lot of Africans are lazy. We can talk, but we don't write. Someone is telling you, I have this idea. One of the things I always tell people, for me to know how serious you are, I say, send me a mail. Send it to me. I don't just listen to, you know, I have this idea. You know, I will do this, I will do this. If you cannot sit down and put it into writing, you are not serious. Because it's in the place of clarity. As you yourself, as you are writing it, you will be seeing the loopholes in that your plan. But when you are still saying it in your head, it looks so exciting, it looks so workable. It sounds so intelligent until you are so intelligent until you start writing it. So clarify. Clarify your definition of a marital breakthrough. Number three is the key of belief. The key of belief. You must believe in the possibility of a marital breakthrough. You must believe it. You must believe that what did not work for your parents will work for you. You must believe that what even worked for your parents will work better for you. You must believe that you will have the best marriage in your family. You must believe it. You must believe that your marriage can be a model unto others. You must believe it. Because you say, what you believe is what you become. Eventually. Eventually. Everybody believes what they become. Psalm 27 and verse 13. David said, I had fainted. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord... In the land of the living. I would have lost heart. The New King James says. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. That word I would have lost heart simply means I would have given up. I would have quitted. You see. And like David. Many have given up on seeing the goodness of God in their marriage. Because they don't even believe it is possible. You know like some people believe now that it's not possible to make it in Nigeria. That's why you see. Let me tell you this. The moment... You believe that you can't do well in Nigeria. No matter what you do, it will never work. Huh? Until you relocate. So if you have that mindset, check it. That's why you have not been doing well. Even if you are doing well, it will be a fraction of your capacity. Because when you believe a place is not working, you will not give your energy into it. You are not going to do everything you are supposed to be doing because you still believe that there is a better somewhere, that the grass is greener somewhere. That's why go and check it. The people who don't believe that they can have a successful marriage, they never invest their all into it. Because there's always a mindset of this man can decide that he's leaving tomorrow. So don't let me give it on my heart. You know, that's why some men also believe you can't reveal all your heart to a woman. Because if you tell Anna she can decide she's leaving tomorrow. So what do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe? Number four is the key of the spirit. The key of the spirit. The key of the spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. Ephesians 5, 17 to 18. It says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is God's will? It says, do not be drunk with wine. So can you say that it is God's will now that you should not be drunk? But some people still argue it. Where is it in the Bible that a man should not be drinking drink? Why is it in the Bible? That is it in the Bible. A man should not be drinking drink. That is it. 
understand what the will of the Lord is and do not be drunk with wine. You see, I think it's Proverbs 31 where the Bible says that give strong wine to him that perish. Do you want to perish? And do not be drunk with wine. He says in which is dissipation. But be what? Filled with the spirit. He spoke about all this before he now starts speaking, I think it's verse 22 or 25, to married people. Because if you are not filled, see, marriage was created by God is a spirit being. It can only work well when you are spiritual. Marriage does not work for carnal people. People that believe are wise. Eh? All of us are wise. Is that not what it is? Is all of us are? <laughs> be filled with the Spirit. The key of the Spirit. Be filled. And how do you get filled with the Spirit? By having fellowship with God. By having fellowship with God. You can't be married or desire marital success and you don't have a relationship with God. You don't read Bible. You don't pray. You don't pray in the Holy Ghost. You see, because what happens is the more time you spend with God, the more broken you become. The more broken you become. The more pliable you become. The more teachable you become. See, let me tell you this. Listen to me. Hmm? For everyone married and about to get married. You should be concerned if the person you are about to get married to or the person you are married to is not spending time with God. It will soon have a it will, it will soon impact on your marriage. You should be concerned. It's only a matter of time. It will be, you should be concerned. The person never prays. The person never reads the Bible. The person doesn't come to church. In fact, you are the person forcing the person to church. When they come to church, they say, I came because of you, and you are happy. You think it's a romantic line. Oh, he came because of me, Pastor. I even came to introduce him. Pastor, I came today because I invited him. Huh. Oh, she came today. <laughs> In places where I can talk, I always call those kind of people aside. Wala, wala, wala. <laughs> but the ones I can't call aside, I just say, oh, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Because you will need that blessing. <laughs> you will need it. <laughs> you will need it. As a man, you are the one forcing her to church. She can be on TikTok from morning to evening. But she cannot quote John 316 successfully. But when she's narrating the story of Noah, it says, and Noah swallowed the fish. Noah. How big was his mouth? He swallowed the fish. And she did not even know she made a mistake. You know, some people can make mistakes and then, oh, I made a mistake. And you say, you mean Noah? You say, yes. Noah swallowed the fish. <laughs> or for John so loved the God that he gave the only world that he had. And they quote it with so much passion and confidence. Problem is looming on the horizon. Because you can only give what you have. So when someone is not filled with the Spirit, when there is an issue in the marriage, when there are challenges, and let me tell you this, every marriage will go through challenges. When the challenge happens, they will respond carnally, not spiritually. They will respond carnally. And when they go through crisis, they will look for people that will encourage them in that carnality. When you are filled with the Spirit, you will look for people that will encourage you in the spirituality, that will give you God's mind. If you with the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It says, against such, there is no law. Number five, 
is the key of knowledge. The key of knowledge. The covenant key of knowledge. The covenant key of knowledge. Covenant key of knowledge. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He says, and I will give you what? Rest. How will the rest come? Go to the next verse, verse 29. It says, take my yoke upon you and do what? That is how people find rest. By learning. You let, you see, nobody comes factually fitted with the knowledge that is required to make marriage work. People learn it. Nobody comes with the knowledge. But people just say, oh, what is it? I know how to undo women. You are a women handler. Congratulations. So, so I, I, I can undo women. Maybe you have not undo the type of the one you are going to marry. And who gave you that certification as a woman handler? Maybe we should ask all the women you thought you handled. Maybe they were really the ones that handled you. He says, learn of me. I am gentle and lowly in spirit and you will find the rest for souls. Osea 4 in verse 6, he said, my people are destroyed. Why? Because they lack knowledge. Not because the devil is at work. Osea 4, 6. Osea 4, 6. He says, my people. Not the devil's people. Not unbelievers now. God's own people. My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. For lack of knowledge. I think it's Isaiah 5, maybe 13. He says, my people are gone into captivity because they lack knowledge. Because they lack knowledge. The key of knowledge. Very important. That's why in Proverbs 23 and verse 3, 23, Proverbs 23, 23, he says, buy the truth and sell it not. Because knowledge is never free. You pay for it. Is that you are paying with time? Ah, you are paying with money. Or you are paying with access. But knowledge is never free. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Number six is the key of labor. The covenant key of labor. The covenant key of labor. No marriage works without labor. I hear what I'm saying. And the labor is unending. The problem with many people is they start out laboring. They get to a point and say, I'm tired. <laughs> Not laboring again. The day the labor stops is the day the success stops. So for those of us that are single, before you marry, think about it. It's a never-ending labor. So labor you walk to a point. And I say, hey, by now, let me now sit down. I enjoy the fruit of my labor. You see, the way it works in marriage, as you are eating the fruit of the labor, you keep laboring for the future. So you have more fruits in the future. You see, and the thing is, when you stop laboring, the effect does not show immediately. But it will show eventually. That's why I've told us there is no permanent state of marital bliss. No permanent state. That's why you say marriages that were working at a point, it crashed. Why? Either one or both parties stop laboring. Because the thing about labor in marriage is also that it is never one-sided. If it is going to work, both sides must be involved in the labor. Both sides. So all this idea of some guys trying to do much, you say, no, my love is enough to cover us. It does not work. Guys, are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't be married. Don't die with one lady. That you're asking her, you're asking her. You see that she doesn't like you. You still stay there. You say, we win her over. Win her over. Okay. Win her. Stay there. Because it has to be a two-way thing. If it does not come naturally to her or to him, that's how you will drag them through life for the rest of your life. 
That should be a two-way thing. When the passion is mutual, the labor will be easier. But when the passion is one-sided, the labor will also be one-sided. Somewhere in someone's mind, they will keep reminding themselves. I shall the one that married me. She was the one that wanted to marry a wife. No, you decided to marry each other. Because if he says he wants to marry you and you said no, he can't be married. Or he'll be married to somebody else. The key of labor. Nothing works until you work at it. Nothing works until you work on it. If you see something working in somebody's life, it's because they are working consciously and deliberately. Because the thing about labor is, number one, it has to be consistent. Number two, it has to be conscious. No laborer goes to a site and labors unconsciously. No. They are aware they are laboring. And labor in this context simply means work. Work. Work, 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 and work. Walk, 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 walk. <laughs> Remember the song? <laughs> Hebrews 4 and verse 11. It says, let us labor therefore. Can we have it on the screen please? To enter into his rest. I love how this quote it. it says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same experience of disobedience. Do you see that? Let us labor to enter that rest. So you cannot just have marital rest. Just like that. You labor to enter into it. You labor to enter into it. Praise the Lord. Number seven is the key of foundation. But let me say word foundation. The covenant key of word foundation. The covenant key of word foundation. And that simply talks about the fact that you must build your marriage and relationship on the foundation of God's word. And nothing else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why I strongly believe that there is a strong need in this our time for spirit-filled counselors. Spirit-filled. People that when you go to them, they will not they will not be partial, not to be one-sided. You know, there are some counselors, female counselors that are biased, they are feminists. No matter what anybody says, they will, they, their response will be from the perspective of a feminist. They will tell the woman, you too, why are you? But the way men are nowadays, they have already cancelled your marriage. And there are some men too, they are narcissists. No matter what is said, they stand on the side of the man. You need somebody that will stand with the word. No matter who is wrong or right. Someone that no man the world think of what to say. The only what does the word say? And you see, someone cannot give you a counsel based on the word if they themselves they have not been living by the word, because you can't give what you don't have. Am I making sense? Matthew seven twenty four to twenty eight. Matthew chapter seven verse twenty four to twenty eight. The Bible says, therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine. I think we should read it together. Are we ready? Let's go. Therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. And what happened? It did not fall. Your home will not fall. Your marriage will not fail. Why didn't it fall? Because it was founded on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus has ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. Did you see that? The person that built on the rock and the person that built on the sand, they experience the same thing. So it is not your experience that determines your marital result. It is what you are building on. It's what you are building on. What you are going through, someone is going through worse. Am I making sense? Someone is going through worse. It's because you have left the place of the world. There is nothing you are going through that someone has not gone through worse. So your response simply tells us what you have been building on. What you have been building your life on. Because you see, what you build your marriage on is largely predicated on what you have built your own life on. Because you can't build your marriage on the world when your life is built on other things. It's built on other things. So you must ensure you build on the foundation of God's principles. Because doing things the world's way, I've said that before, I will say it again and I'll keep saying it. Doing things the world's way will not produce the world's result. It won't. You will only get the world's result when you do things the world way and not the world's way. So don't build on culture. In our culture, this is what they do. This is how we do it in our culture. Don't build on tradition. Don't even build on religion. Build on the word. Don't build on social media. I hear what I'm saying. Build on social media. Some people, their mindset of what a marriage must look like. Huh? And what their wedding must look like has been so much influenced and determined by social media. That's why you see a lot of people who should have been married who are married. Because they must have 50 people on their bridal tree. You know, some people plan their wedding for the purpose of trending. That this wedding must trend. Say it's once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. So it must trend. Trending weddings is not a guarantee for marital success. Your wedding can trend fail. And it can trend and succeed. Just to ensure that even if you are trending, you are building on the right foundation. Some people will do wedding. And for the next one month, they are hungry. Who did this to you? Do you know that satanic attack on your destiny? The marriage is more important than the wedding. Marriage is for life. Wedding is for a day. Even if you do a wedding, you are from royal family, maximum one week. Eh? For the rest of your life, people will eat and they will move on. And let me tell you this, no matter how much you spend on food, everybody will not eat at a wedding. Have you realized that? So if you say, ah, must cook this one, cook that one, cook this one, cook that one, collect cooperative. If I use your parents' house as collateral, eh, because you want to feed the whole world, let me tell you this, somebody will still complain that they did not eat. I was surprised. I was having a conversation with my mom. You know, she came visiting over the weekend, and she was telling me how some people in their church complained about the food they served them at her 78th birthday. For those that went with me for my mom's seventieth birthday, you know that everything that could be humanly available was available. They said then it was the amount that they gave them. 
Is it last supper? You want to eat from there and go to heaven? He said the portion was too small. And she just discovered that this year. And the birthday was not this year. So she just so she had to see them now. What exactly is happening? Which birthday? Said the portion was too small. So imagine if she has gone into debt. She will go into debt and still have gotten ingratitude. So singles, wake up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Wake up. Don't go and use money to borrow limousine to bring you to church. The next day, we now see you on Okada. A stupidity pro max. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stupidity pro max. Whatever you don't have today, you will have next year. What you don't have next year, you will have in two years' time. What you don't have in two years' time, you will have in a decade. Limit yourself because of ah, what do my friends now say? As they are talking about, in fact, it's a privilege they are talking about you. They are that important because some people's life is not interesting to the point where people can talk about them. I will even thought she was a big girl. Thank you. You thought I'm a big girl. I'm not big yet. The man of God was saying that I had a conversation with my pastor. I was so blessed by that. He said many years ago when he wanted to go into ministry, that God, you know, God has told me I'll be great. He said my pastor told him, and I knew what everyone can say. Everyone told him, sit down and learn. You will be great, but you are not yet great. That's what has destroyed many people. You, do, do you know who I am? Who are you? Who are you? If, if you have to be saying, do you know who I am? It's because you are nobody. If you are really somebody, you will not need to be saying that because we will know you. There are some human beings, if they walk into this place now, no matter who you are, atheist, unbeliever, backsliding, saved, feeling spirit you will know them. Imagine the president walks and says, do you know who I am? Don't you know your president? You don't know your president. <laughs> Not my president. <laughs> Better wake up. They've confirmed him. <laughs> See, be saying labor party, labor. Wake up. You do something else in four years' time. <laughs> so don't build also on ungodly counsel. Also, don't build on parental tilt. This very this one is very important. Parental what? Tilt. That is, this is how my daddy did it. This is how my mommy did it. Why didn't you go and marry your father? Or why didn't you marry your mother? And this is how my mom used to cook. Used to. That's past tense. In my house. This is how we eat. Maybe you should go and be eating in your parents' house. Number eight. It's a covenant key of humility. A covenant key of humility. A covenant key of humility. Proverbs 16 and verse 18. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18. No marriage works when the man or the woman is proud. When they refuse to be humble. Proverbs 16 and verse 18 says what? Pride goes before what? Destruction. And a haughty spirit before what? Before any marriage fails, pride is always existent. How do you know pride? Someone cannot be corrected. How do you know pride? Somebody never says sorry. They are never wrong. How do you know pride? Somebody cannot be mentored. Nobody can tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> we really know you know what you are doing. In fact, your result shows it. I know what I'm doing. Nobody can tell me what to do. That's why you are like this. That's why you are like this. 
You have no fear of anybody. There is nobody that maybe you did something wrong and you saw their phone call and you thought maybe your spouse has reported you and your heart does give him. There's nobody like that. You are about to fail. That's what about pride goes before what? Destruction. When you see a business failing, it's because the business owner is too proud to learn what it takes to make that business work. During the course of the week, I was with my pastor. And I said, Dad, I want to ask you some questions I know I've asked before. But I want to ask like a child. <laughs> so I told him in advance. I want to ask like a baby that knows nothing. And I asked some questions again. I would just say, no, I can't be asking that way. They will now think I don't know it. Do you know it? See, knowledge is determined by results. Not by what you think you know. As some of us, you have people around you who are younger. And they have better results in the area you are struggling. I say, I will now be asking from Omoinumi. You know, it's Yoruba people that do such nonsense. I don't know if you, do Ibos also do that? So I will now be, I will now be asking questions from the person I can, the person I can give back to. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Eradicate pride. If you want your marriage to work. Marital success and pride don't go hand in hand. It never works. It never works. It never works. A proud man or a proud woman is always right. They never receive corrections, never apologize. They believe they are better and bigger. They never appreciate what is done by others, especially their spouse. They find fault in every effort of their partner. Something is always wrong. A proud man or woman is not submitted to anyone's correction, rebuke, chastisement, and mentorship. And please pay attention to those words. A mentor is not someone that only encourages you. Anyone that cannot correct you or rebuke you is not your mentor. You are not submitted to anybody that cannot look you in the face and tell you you are wrong when you are wrong. We're looking for someone that will always smile with you. A proud man or woman needs proof and conviction for them to apologize when people tell them they are wrong. There are some people like that. You have to convince the old village has to come to convince them. A proud man or woman is not capable of serving another because pride only seeks after self. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 11 to 21. Second Chronicles 26, 11 to 21, as I begin to round up this morning. Have you been blessed? Second Chronicles 26, 11 to 21. Can we read together one to go? Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies according to the number on their role as prepared by Jahel, the scribe, and Masahir, the officer. 